Hello students and welcome to Class of X, the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the X-Men comics better. I'm your teacher and host, John Reisinger, and today I'm joined by Arnold Schwarzenegger's number one fan and online content creator, Blaine Gibson, and today we're talking about Brian Michael Bendis' Avengers and X-Men crossover event, House of M. Hello, Blaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where's he going with this Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff? <laughs> it's true. I, I, I try to give people a little bit of a heads up of who my guests are and yeah. where they come from. And uh, I feel I'd be remiss if I didn't let people know about your obsession with that uh, R- Romanian guy. What, what, what? Aus- Austrian, Austrian. I Austrian. Yeah. Austrian. No, I am obsessed. He's been like dropping a bunch of new stuff. Cause he's got a new program out and I'm doing two days and I'm, I'm just killing myself right now with, with <laughs> exercise and dieting. And it's, you it's, probably, it's awful. <laughs> you probably a big like trope back in the day. Um, before all the X-Men just basically turned into gods, um, they really emphasized them having to train a lot in uh-huh. the danger room. And often a lot of it was like training so that their bodies were like not just reliant upon their superpowers and that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And they would, uh, they would do that. And, and now I'm thinking about it, like, you would love that. You would love just a, a holographic gym that made obstacle courses and weird equipment for you to train with and train in and that kind of you would adore that it'd be a blast (laughs) i also i think that you preempted this whole like bringing me on all this stuff by just saying like what do you want to talk about what are your favorites and stuff like that and i think i told you i just like wolverine a whole bunch um you did you said you like wolverine a whole bunch um i had actually another story picked out um but uh i decided uh that I really wanted to do this story. It's one of the biggest stories from all of Marvel history. Mm-hmm. Um, and But, uh, you know, I try to go easy on my guests and try not to make them read a bunch. But I was like, I bet you I can get Blaine to read eight issues, which is a fair amount of issues. Like, this is a big amount of reading for you. Oh, it's a breeze, um, dude. I, 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 it so is a breeze fun. if you're used to comics, which you are, which is great. Um, to people who, like, don't read comics at all, like, I try to go easy on them and not make them read, like, huge crossover events. Sure. Um but I was like, I bet you I can get Blaine. And uh, I completely forgot that Wolverine's like the main guy in this. So I lucked out on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I was like, I was reading it the entire time. I was like, ah, he knows I like Wolverine. Yeah, I, yeah, I, love, I was totally uh, intentional. Harry, a Harry Short King. I just yeah. I love, I, I love Wolverine. Who throws himself off of helicarriers. Oh, it's so cool. He's just like, <laughs> hey, I got a dip. And then he just jumps. Um, so I've already uh, clued in a little bit about it, but why don't you tell people about your, what is your history with comics in general and what's your history with X-Men in general? Uh, I mean, outside of the usual stuff with like, oh, the movies and all that stuff. Like I, <laughs> I grew up on the X-Men animated series and, and specifically like, especially the Batman animated series. I know that that's DC and we're not allowed to talk about DC. We're alive. They exist. I've, I've mentioned them before. It's not, it's not a no, no. You're not going to bleep me out. You're not going to bleep no, me no, out. No, 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 no. They're bad. I love I love DC Comics. I'm reading a lot of Batman right now. Well, if I did this, I wonder if it communicates. Man. Yeah. Yeah, it worked. It might yeah. not work in post. Anyways, I pressed <laughs> the bleep button. Um, so during high school, I kind of got into stuff, and that's when Civil War was taking place. Oh, okay. And I remember being a huge Captain America stan, but looking mm. back and how basically the Registration Act thing was basically gun control. And I was like, nah, we don't need <laughs> control. We don't forget about it. Iron Man stinks. Registration you were team stinks. Cap. You were team Cap. <laughs> I was team Captain America. So um, after that, I just kind of like let it fizzle out, did college, all that stuff. 
And then I got this job at this little company called Rooster Teeth, and I met this little friend called John Reisinger, <laughs> and he took me to this little place called Austin Books and Comics. And oh, I did. This was when Disney had just acquired Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And I got my first issue of, like, it was Star Wars 1. Yep. And I, from that point, that must have been, what, 2016-ish? Something around there, yeah. Yeah, from that point on to, like, 2019, 2020, I was, like, getting every single issue of Star Wars was completely caught up. But unfortunately, the pandemic uh, kind of, you know, stopped all that stuff. So I'm very behind on Star Wars. But, mm. yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at star, uh, comic book-wise. I, I pick up issues here and there. and So then I have to ask... Um... Have you read X-Men comics prior to this? Dude, I'm I'm thinking on it and I don't know that I have actually. I remember so uh, cool. my cousin Bobby came over one time and I had this whole like DC compendium or sorry, Marvel compendium where it was like all the superheroes and he's like this is cheat codes. This you're a cheater. <laughs> Cuz it was just like all their biographies and history and stuff. Oh, that's such a sad response to that. Yeah. You 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 enjoy them how you want to enjoy them. If you want to read a, a little like uh, encyclopedia about them, do that. I, I mean, you do whatever you want to enjoy these characters. I have made a show about helping people try to enjoy them more so more so through the comics, um, because I think the comics are fantastic, and that's the whole basis of this. But I absolutely love it when I find out on the show that my guest did not read an X Men comic before this, and I am one who got them to read their first X Men comic. Yeah, I, I want to get into it, and I like I've known of House of M, and I've known of all the the bits but like i didn't yeah. know it was like house of magnus and then i didn't yeah. know like the origins of lo a lot of this stuff sorry we're gonna get into it but yeah i wrote just a real quick preface i am so amazed by how much content has been cherry picked from this yes arc and has now been in the movies and it must Correct. be so frustrating for you because <laughs> you, you will never see this full fruition because it's it's all been played out but in in weirder and yeah. smaller less like epic ways and that's frustrating yeah they have been the mcu if those of you who, who don't read comics um uh, the mcu has like you described it is cherry picked certain moments from certain events to create their own versions of stuff there's not really been any straight one-to-one -one, you know story comparisons from the films to the comics with any of the characters but every time they've pulled anything from what was a crossover event or big, uh, you know, uh, arc involving the X-Men and they use that in the movies and the X-Men aren't in the MCU yet. Yes, you are correct. I go, Oh, okay. I'll never actually see that story like yep. adapted. Um, and yes, this was uh, house of M was heavily used, especially in WandaVision. Um, mm -hmm. that's, that's a major part instead of, Wanda, you know, kind of rewriting all of reality. They, you know, shorten it down and smalled it down to Wanda remade an entire town um, on a different scale, which is much easier to do for a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, this says this is one of uh, many events, which is why I, I, I'm I, but I'm still hopeful because um, there's so much X-Men uh, stories to pull from. I mean, I, I'm still sad they like they screwed up Apocalypse. They could redo Apocalypse again and do it again the right way, you know? Yeah. Bring back Oscar um, Isaac. What the heck, you know? I don't know how you do that, but they did it. Um, and they've even screwed up the Phoenix twice now, um, which is a great story and a great part of X-Men. Um, I, I say they screwed up. I, I, I say that in a way of like, I just don't think they really did the stories justice. They didn't um, do it in, in a way that you agreed with and that did it. Just yeah, didn't enjoy. Honor yeah. the source material. 
hey, honoring the source material would be great, but even just enjoying it would be great. Because, like, um, you know, uh, of the X-Men films, uh, probably X2 is the one that I've enjoyed the most. Um, but, I've, you know, there's still issues with it. But X2 is, like, it's got pieces from all over the place, and it plays willy-nilly with, like, canon and, and characters and that kind of thing. Um, so it's not really, like, you know, being accurate to the source material, but it was still fun in lots of areas. And a lot of that is like, you know, people like Hugh Jackman and Ian McKellen and Rebecca Romaine just a- acting their hearts out. Um, well, weirdly enough, though, like speaking of the X-Men movies, they kind of elements of this were also a little bit of X-Men Days of Future Past. But I know that that was like that was supposed to be the comic version was like Kitty was like the protagonist. Yeah. And then it ended up being Logan because I feel like obviously Hugh Jackman was like the yeah. bigger star. Yeah. I, did that? So the X-Men Days of Future Past was 2014. Did that predate House of M? Where, where's House of M? Uh, House of M, the comic? Yeah. House of M, the comic came out in 2005. That is when this uh, this so. series came out. It, was, it came on the the end of like a three, four year run of a comic called New X-Men, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 2005. Um, so yeah, I, I, I never made that connection, but I, I know they made that change in the Days of Future Past movie, you know, because yeah, Hugh Jackman had much more clout than Elliot Page. And uh, I... I I uh, you know and and but I never made that connection that like Wolverine's the one in House of M who's the only one who remembers all on his own because <laughs> his brain is just so he's so scrambled bonkers he's just yeah yeah poor, poor dude um well how about how about some context of what was happening prior to this first issue please because you're kind of thrown in there with like something's going on wrong with Scarlet um she's she upset about her children just killed a bunch of dudes that she didn't intend to. Yep, they had a little bit of. I, I like that they threw in that uh that little page in there with some of the background of what was going on with X Men and what was going on with Avengers. And yeah, she did a little oopsies with some people. Um, but I think it's important. I I don't think a lot of people actually know the comic book like history of Wanda's grief. They did a very good job, I thought, in WandaVision. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen and and Paul Bettany and all them like did a really great job of really selling you know, the joy and grief that Wanda went through with her kids and her relationship with vision and that kind of thing. And that's pretty based in the books, but I I feel like you'll understand how sad her story is with just even a little bit more context. So you want to walk through that with me? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I don't know if you know this, but Wanda was originally her and Pietro, her brother, Quicksilver were originally, um, they were, on their own and then they actually got picked up by magneto and joined his group of villains not knowing they were his kids yet or anything like that for quite a while so their introduction was actually as villains okay um they're bad guys which is actually a little bit similar to the movies um and they eventually fast forward they become good guys leave magneto join avengers and long story short wanda does in fact fall in love with and in fact marries the vision they get they have a little ceremony it's very cute um and so Wanda, like her powers originally were like very low power. She had these hex bolts and they could do just random, you know, mess with probability is what they, how they were described. They would hmm. just kind of create like chaotic events, but they were on a very small scale. She even had like a limited number she could do like within like a few hours, like three ammo. Um, and, but she like, uh, she was, a, she was a mutant. And so then she went and she actually does meet up with Agatha Harkness, which you remember from WandaVision. Um, right. 
and she's a real character who does teach she she teaches Wanda actually how to do magic magic and actually control her powers a little more and that kind of thing and you know kind of that creates a little bit of a of an of its own oopsies and Wanda through her grief of not being able to have kids with Vision who's like a, a synthesoid or android um creates kids with her own magic she actually makes herself pregnant and they and she has the kids dr strange you'll notice in this uh first issue you know the whole like recreation of her birth event dr strange is there if you recognize those silvery streaks hit in the comics way way back in the day he did he delivered her two kids Ah, so he's, uh, she's like uh comic book mary and her children are like immaculate conception. Jesus's. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, considering how powerful she gets, like you're not too far from the truth. Um, so along with kind of what happened in the TV show, Vision in the comics does, he gets like, um, he gets like stolen uh-huh. and they think he has a bunch of secrets in his coding. And so they're scared of it. And so they dismantle him. And then when they read, re put him back together in like this whole white body, um, he no longer has memories of his like marriage and love of, wanda um and so when you say like, when you say they i mean there's so many it was like the government it was like a mixture of people it was like government shield? And, and, and shield and I, I believe shield were part of it and they like they dismantled him and put him back together sad it was, it's very sad and it you know basically left wanda now she's got these two kids um and vision now no longer remembers her or their marriage or anything like that um he's very cold um and it's it's very sad for wanda she lost her husband they they in fact don't ever remarry are you kidding again. yeah oh, not not in the comics history ever so he like kind of like ghosted her but unwillingly so yeah 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 he faced um, through a wall he ghosted her along with that um it starts showing up that her kids don't really exist unless she thinks of them existing um huh. she's kind of she's kind of like warned by her nannies that the kids kind of like disappear when she's away um, and she kind of like keeps like shirking it off and that kind of thing, you know, like uh, avoiding the reality of things. Those are just bad nannies. They're, they are bad nannies. It turns out even they retcon later on that like Vision even like um, was in on it and knew that the kids were fictitious. But like when he tried to confront Wanda, she wouldn't like uh, she wouldn't admit to anything like that. Uh-huh. Um, so uh, people were trying, but um, it gets really messed up. And I don't know if they're going to do this with the MCU, but this is the actual origins of the two little boys that wanda has in the comics um it turns out she didn't make life she stole life and she stole two little pieces like these little soul shards um and they're actually at a time they were a part of mephisto who is kind of like one of the lords of hell kind of like a satan satan guy yeah 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 and so he comes to reclaim these pieces of himself and so he absorbs the two boys okay and they're gone all right So, so I, I keep hearing about Mephisto too because he's like everyone thinks that he's the under the cover like like big bad in the MCU right now and then like it, it's never the case. But anyway, oh yeah, 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 yeah. They there have been several calls like, oh, it's Mephisto now. And it's like no, it's no, not, it's not, it's not Mephisto. Mephisto. I mean, it could be someday. I mean, you know, we're dealing with uh, we'll we'll get through Kang, uh, the Conqueror, and uh, who knows what we'll have after that. Uh, maybe we'll have Mephisto. Mephisto's got some cool stories with uh, the X Men. Um, and people like Dr. Doom and Hercules and that kind of thing. So maybe <sighs> I want Dr. Doom so bad, but anyway. I want Dr. Doom so bad as well. Be um, we see him, we see him in house of M. Um, so eventually Wanda goes catatonic out of grief. 
Um, I'm going to truncate a lot of stories here and say that she, a lot of stuff happens, but she eventually remembers her kids. Um, oh yeah, I forget. Agatha actually had to wipe her memory, um, of the kids existing because she was so grief stricken. Yeah. Um, long stuff happens. She gets the memory back and learns to cope with it, but it gets sad again because she, um, Eventually, they never really explained it why, but she loses memory of the kids again and all of the years of coping that she'd put into after she remembered them again, like had like come to deal with it. So then when it all came rushing back to her, she was back to like just being fully grief stricken. And so she actually went to Doom, Dr. Doom, who we were mm-hmm. talking about, and he helped her like fully access the full potential of her powers. And she be- basically becomes a god. Um, and that's where she gets all this power that happens in House of M of how she rewrites reality. She kind of oh. quietly works with Doom to like she's like she wants her kids back, you know, kind of a little bit of like the the little manicness from uh, uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, Strange, Doctor Strange. Movie. Yeah. So once you know, Aminos the Avengers, she's now a god who can rewrite reality. So then she does this whole event that they titled Avengers Disassembled, and that's what they're summarizing at the beginning of House of M is this uh, this this end of the Avengers team. Um, oh yeah, they reference like, no, you're an old Avenger, and yeah. no, you know this was a new Avenger and, and, and yeah. whatnot. Yeah. So she kills Agatha. She. Tony Stark, who's actually Secretary of State at this point, she actually makes him appear drunk in front of the United Nations while he's been sober for forever. And he like he like points his like repulsor ray at like a head of state. It's crazy. Cool. Um she brings back a dead teammate named what's his name? Union Jack? Something like that. Oh, like um, British Captain America, essentially. Um, not quite. Um, but a, a British character a British superhero. And but he um comes back from the dead at the Avengers Mansion, all only to blow up like a huge explosion Neat. killing uh ant-man in the blast um scott lang oh scott not, lang not hank pym not hank pym scott lang was is the was the main ant-man at that time um then vision uh, appears while they're all like going like what the hell just happened all the avengers at the mansion he appears and spews out like eight ultrons out of his mouth it's really creepy and weird and they start having to fight a bunch of ultrons once they beat defeat the ultrons she hulk gets like super aggro like like crazy hulk level aggro and rips vision in half um up up you know a vertical line just kind of pulls them apart oh cool i was thinking Um, horizontal but that's even cooler no she like took like arm in arm and just went like a zipper really i would have gone leg and leg but that's just me I like you have an opinion on that. I appreciate it. I, I mean, that's how I imagined my head because like, <laughs> the head is involved and that would have gone with one of the arms. I don't think she would have gotten a clean split down the middle, but it's yeah. She-Hulk. She can do what she wants. Listeners at home, please um, at me on Twitter and let me know when I said ripped him in half. What did you think of initially? I think it's a whole like litmus test now. It's like a man gets ripped in half. What did you just envision? Mm. Um, uh, and the only other thing that big happens, and, and that's why it's such a big ordeal that Hawkeye's there, is that uh, this she caught like a, a Kree invasion happens. Kree are like the aliens, right? And in the invasion, uh, a spaceship basically blows up and kills Hawkeye completely. How did she get blamed for that? Well, um, that this is all happening like in a weird way. It turns out it's Wanda making all of this happen. She's causing like crazy weird chaos. things to happen. Got yeah. it. Um. Doctor Strange ends up putting she appears. She like she shows up after everybody's figured this out. Um and Doctor Strange puts her like in a coma. Mm-hmm. Um and she kind of uses her powers uh to call out to her dad, Magneto, 
who is on Genosha, which I don't think you have any idea what Genosha is at this point. So uh, it's like island that he made for mutants. I guess that's the too long didn't read version of yeah. it. But I'm also curious because like, oh man, I, I have so many questions before we even get into this comic book. Where is Magneto in all this? Because he seemed very peaceful in the beginning. Like there was peace, but also like Genosha was completely destroyed and there was like skyscrapers. Yes. Did everyone die on Genosha? Like what, what's going on there? Yeah, there was a huge, in fact, we covered it two episodes ago. There was a huge um, extinction event where this bad lady named Cassandra Nova used these super sentinels to basically kill like 3 million uh, mutants living on the island all at once. Um, and Magneto was the head of state. Um, he was the one who was running Genosha. And it was believed at the time that he got killed, but then for, um, eventually a long time after that, it, it turns out he was actually alive. Mm. He was, he's in like, they're in like the rubbles of Genosha at the beginning of this. Like you can tell they're like in some sort of like, you know, post-war kind of zone place. they're on yeah. genosha and it's him and xavier and a bunch of like other random mutants like trying to rebuild genosha that's what's happening with the x-men prior to this got it but yeah he it's just him and like xavier like vibing on genosha trying to rebuild a little island themselves and he's actually at this time like underpowered like he's weakened but um the way they describe it is that wanda used her powers to call to him and boost his powers enough and uh, they don't show it in the in the House of M uh, comics, but in the X Men uh, comic called um, uh, New Excalibur, he he does something he's never done ever again in the comics. It was the craziest thing. It was like major like flex. He uses magnetic powers to create a wormhole and wormholes to the Avengers Mansion and gets Wanda. Like he's never done that. Wow. Um, whoever you know, uh, whoever was writing that comic at the time was playing loosey goosey with stuff. But I love it. I love when they're just like, yeah, he just rips a magnetic like tear in time and space and teleports himself. And then they never reference it again because then they, they do that all the time with like comic books and like superpowers. Like a lot of people don't realize this, but like uh, Archangel Angel, he has blood that heals people. Um, oh, that would be handy. We should. It uh, is. We should do something about that. <laughs> like, like he, they, they did it. They explored her for like a, a hot second. And then since then, never mentioned it again. <laughs> it happens. Um, so, yeah. So that's how we get to Wanda is distraught and going crazy with Xavier and Magneto at the beginning of this. And all of the Avengers are all freaked out that Wanda's going crazy. Because it's been like six months since she did the Avengers disassemble thing. But she's like clearly losing the battle of like keeping her psyche intact. And and since then they've had her in various like states of uh awareness and stuff. It seems like Strange has like kept her subdued yeah. and stuff, but he's like losing control over the situation and stuff. It's actually all Xavier at this point. Xavier, uh, Magneto is like has besieged Xavier to try and fix her brain with his psychic powers. And and Xavier's no longer the head of the X-Men. No. It's now Emma Frost who ha, big fan. She's cool. Like <laughs> I, I didn't know much about Emma Frost outside of her being in the uh, Hellfire Club, and she was a villain and stuff like that, but yeah, she's such a cool leader, and I didn't know she was as powerful as she is. Oh, she's awesome. Um, I love her a lot. Uh, and her yeah, and she, Scott a thing? They are. Um, it was a thing that happened uh, in like 2001 with this launch of this the book that I called out the new X-Men, but uh, Jean Grey's dead assuming, at this point. The Phoenix stuff happened again, I'm assuming? Um, something else happened. Uh, technically, a imposter of Magneto killed her, but um, mm. 
but she's dead and, and her uh, Emma and Scott are like a couple. They're not married, but they're a couple mm. and they are running the school. Yes. Good for them. That's that's sweet. It's very sweet. I actually, I actually like this era. Um, I, I they're Gene and Scott are back together now in the regular comics. And I love that, too. But uh, I love this as well. That's like the that's like the whole Spider-Man thing. It's like you're either a Mary Jane guy or you're a Gwen Stacy guy. <laughs> and uh, anyways, so and you get you get both sort of kind of in this uh, crossover yeah. event. Yeah. So Spider-Man doesn't handle that well. Oh, he has. He's having a rough time in this. It's very he's a very sad story. Uh, I say that because there's also a, a tie in event that I, that you can read of like Spider-Man house event. That's kind of sad. Mm. Um, but okay. So I just dumped a ton of information at you. Sure. Do you have any questions about that kind of stuff? Um, the only other thing that I wanted to know is like, why is Xavier on the outs? Is it just because he's helping out Magneto? Someone made reference to the last time they saw Xavier. It wasn't on good terms. So did he have the villain arc or what's going on there? No, it's just, um, it's a little bit of professor X has not always been like a hero. He he's like the way they portrayed him. Like, I guess in the third X-Men movie is kind of accurate where, you know, there's a point where his X-Men can sometimes get fed up with his methods. And this is kind of during one of those eras where he's not really on good terms with the school. Um, but he's, he's kind of happy to let them Scott and Emma run it and let them do it while him and Magneto are out here doing their thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, he 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 kind of went he kind of went through a lot uh, prior to this story, and um, he kind of had like was away and came back, and but has let the school be run by the students now, and it's it's good. Um, but yeah, that's why he's kind of out there, just kind of hanging with Magneto on the island, trying something new. Cool. Yeah, I guess okay. I, he's also like member of the Illuminati, and I know that this has nothing to do with this comic, but like <laughs> that always made. That always kind of sketched me out because, like, yeah. in pop culture, I feel like they always have Xavier as, like, this really nice man who's just trying to be peaceful. He's, like, the MLK for mutants. And then, like, it seems like he's kind of a jerk in the comics, and it's, it threw yeah. me for a loop. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a very flawed but well-intentioned uh, individual. Uh, even, even in the modern comics, he's that way where, like – depending on you know where he is in his arc he can be like uh, you know extremely selfish and overbearing or um very like in a an enlightened state and and giving and helpful it he kind of he kind of reverberates between those kind of two spectrums got it um and he's kind of in his like a little bit of like you know crunchy uh you know chill vibe right now just trying to help a bunch of random mutants on this island and he's trying i think in this he is genuinely trying to help wanda like I think at this point he really is not trying to manipulate things, but he's he's trying to deal with a very tough patient who's um, like refusing to accept reality. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So we get into the actual comic at this point, and the whole first issue was basically uh, kind of two stories happening at once. One is you know Magneto and Xavier struggling with Wanda and their therapy with her, and then this like this quiet council, this council at like Tony Stark's tower. Um, what was your read on that? Like meeting at Tony's tower? Cause there's a lot of like awkward, difficult conversations being had there. I mean, it was a lot of like politics and you know, I, I liked that Captain America true to form was very like line in the sand. Absolutely not. We will not kill this person. I refuse. Yeah. There's always a way, which ever the optimist. And I love that about cap. Um, 
even though it makes them really naive at times. Yeah. And it's really interesting because a lot of people put their foot down and they were like, no, we won't do this. And then when the whole thing popped off, they were like, kill, kill, we got to kill her, <laughs> kill her. Um, I also liked that uh, Wolverine is like the kind of the, I don't know, go between. Like he's been an Avenger, he's been an X-Men. Yeah. So he's like crossed the line. Yeah. And he's he's very like... Also, like the, he's the opposite of Captain America, where he's like, "No, we gotta kill her. Like, there's, there's no other way. Sorry, guys. Uh, yeah, this is what we gotta do." Which is a big deal because, like, this is an era where Wolverine has a lot of like, has a lot of clout and res- his respect from the superhero community. And because, yeah, you're right. He's it. like, he does. He deserves it. Um, he's an Avenger. He's an X Men. Um, and so yeah, but Wolverine also is like, you know, very pragmatic individual, and he's like, if you gotta pop some claws in someone to deal with a problem. Like maybe that's the way we got to do it. Yep. Um, but it's dark. It's, it's, it's a very, it's a very dark conversation of like, you have this sick person, um, who is, uh, you know, has these, has gone through much grief, um, and is also connected to these like reality warping abilities. Like that's going to really affect your ability to just be like, you know, not, I'm not going to do the thing I can do that might make me happier. Yeah, it's, and I also, um, you know, comic books, you always think about them, like big action set pieces, and there's these giant fights and stuff like that. I appreciated this first first issue so much because it's just people, it's just like character stuff. It's them, like, you know, in conversation and and discussing this very serious matter, and you see a lot of the characters shine. Um, Yeah, it's pretty good juggling of a large cast of people talking. Huge ensemble, yeah um what did you think uh I'm, I'm i'm scrolling through the issue right now and i'm looking at a, a panel of uh colossus and i'm just struck with like uh, when he's out of his metal form and he's just in his like little unitard and semi vest it's a lot of thighs it's a lot of biceps um he's a uh, he's showing a lot of skin <laughs> I, I was gonna say like second only to wolverine colossus is like my guy like he's yeah. he's my number two in the x-men and uh yeah, there's a lot of moments like we haven't gotten to one yet, but it was just Colossus vibing in, in oh, Russia. Oh yeah, there's, it's great. Once the like the the white hot event happens, uh, that this Yonic looking white light um, that engulfs them all, uh, then you we get into like you know something has changed. I love, I love. Uh, you have to think about when these comics came out, and I discussed this with Jeff when we went over our stuff uh, in our episode, but like. It's you, you read, I gave you my copy of the trade paperback. So you just were able to read issues one to eight, no interruption, right. you know, just go through it. These were like, you know, two weeks to a month apart. Ugh. Um, and so it was that like that cliffhanger of a TV show kind of thing where when reading this and you're like wa- reading those last few pages where it's just no text, just Spider-Man slowly looking around and no one's there. And then like, you know, a white light enveloping him. And then it ends with that image of him and a blonde woman that's clearly Gwen Stacy. You're like, what? Yeah. What? And, then, and I won't find out for the next two weeks. Yeah. There's, there was also a moment right before that happens where they all, someone recognizes like, I, I don't feel Wanda or I don't feel Xavier right now. Like, yeah. I, I don't, they're not picking up the phone. We got to get to Genosha. We got everybody move, 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 move. And then like, you see like these superheroes, these super powerful beings, like flying as fast as they can to get to this place and they're in a panic and you're like i'm asking so many questions like oh god what happened what happened (laughs) but then you also get this cool frame where it's like 
uh, Iron Man is holding Cyclops. In, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, uh, I don't even know who's carrying him a frost, but it's just so cool. I, I love seeing the ensemble things where every everyone's walking together or everyone's flying together and they have like yeah. a buddy system where they all pair up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you got to pick up the ones who don't have wings and that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I love the urgency in this first issue when you get to that. Yeah, those realizations like I can't feel them um, is one of those moments as like a reader. You're just like you cannot read the panels fast enough and turn the page fast enough. You're just like, what is about to happen? It's scary, especially with like the backdrop of the destroyed Genosha. Like, yeah, I, I was in it I, after after issue one. I was like, this is this is really good. I, I understand why this is such a popular thing that I've heard of. But even though I haven't read it. Well, if there's. One thing, one of the tropes that X-Men comics do really well, it's alternate realities. Um, this book is often compared to another one called Age of Apocalypse, which I actually cover an episode with Tim Geddes. But the, and you actually reference one yourself, Days of Future Past, that, that future is a different reality that's referenced with a number, just like this is Earth 616. Um, so what are we seeing here? What Earth is this, that the, the House of Magnus Earth? They actually eventually numbered this. It was something crazy like Earth 2358, something like that. Okay. Um, but uh, it's because they, they number it that way, you know, to acknowledge that it, it's technically another reality that could still exist. And it also gives like the opportunity for writers later on to explore more of go these back. stories if they want to. Yeah. Um, and go back to them and that kind of thing. And in fact, there was a uh, shortly after this, there was a reality hopping comic called exiles which was an x x title and there they were like doing the whole like jumping through multiverses to fix things a little bit of a what's that old tv show uh where the guy quantum leap quantum leap um kind of a little quantum leap and in one of their first issues like issue six they stop off at at house of m um and have their own little like you know heisty thing happen in house of m and then they leave house okay of m. i like that um so issue two is just nothing but introductions to this new reality. The entire issue is just, you know, character to character, character of like trying to clue you into like what's going on. There's a little bit of like a, a you know, a written description at the beginning of the, the comic that kind of clues you into like what happened a little bit. And, uh, but you're kind of being spoon fed these things starting off with like, you know, an old man that's, you know, could be steve rogers and you're like what is going on why is he old and you know frumpy um and then and why are there the, so many mutants and pa- super powered people in the streets just like casually like going about their day too that was like a big one there was like what what is going on in this place yeah 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 i mean even like uh you know emma and scott are just hanging out in their their new york apartment and dazzler has her own talk show talk show yeah and with Mr. What was it wonderful or whatever his name is? Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, uh, his name is Wonder Man. Actually. Wonder Man, sorry. Um, who is actually a love interest of uh, Scarlet's uh, during certain times. Um, and then like you even like I love that like there's like it's like if you know who Remy LeBeau is, you know who Gambit is. You're Gambit, like, is yeah. he? What is he doing? What what's going on? Um, we see Shadow Cat. You know, or the monument of the Sentinel was a weird trip as well. Of like, yeah. you know. That's not that's not something we would have known before reading this. But then yeah, we go into Shadow Cat and she's a teacher. And this is issue two, by the way. Like we've moved on. We moved on to issue yeah, two, yeah. Because yeah. okay. it's all just like even goes into like a introduces to like Luke Cage and Sam Wilson, who's the Falcon, and 
Luke is like, Luke is clearly, yeah, like some, you know, back to his, the roots of his character where he's a, he was a gang leader and that kind of thing. Which might I say, he looks way cooler than the (laughs) other version of himself where he's wearing like a, I don't know what he's wearing on his head. Uh, in, in the, like the comics. Oh, like that little like metal band from like his retro costume. No, like there's a, there's a moment where he's wearing what looks like it's, I think it's supposed to be a do-rag, but it's a poorly drawn one. Cause it oh, looks Oh weird. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he, yeah. I, I, he looks great as this. Um, hell yeah. Dr. Strange is a psychiatrist. Um, and then we get to, yeah, like Colossus, like who's just like, you know, just, <laughs> he's just farming <laughs> like, like acres at a time. And he's just carrying all this farm equipment. You see all this farm equipment attached by a string to just this one man. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> you just, that's why you were drawn to that. It's just that sheer, like Herculean feat of strength. Yeah. Just a man pulling. But he's also just, he's just out there alone and that's just like a workout, but he's also like farming and yeah, I bet he's and just like listening to his like you know his podcasts and his music. <laughs> I love that. I, I want to be there. I love that for you. Previously on X Men. Hey everybody! Thank you so much for listening to this episode. As you can tell from the timestamps on it, um, this is a long one. This is the longest one we've done so far. Uh, Blaine was happy enough to just keep talking X Men with me, and we were covering House of M, one of my favorite stories ever. So you you talk X Men to me, and I'll just I'll just keep talking X Men. That if you ever find me on the street and you just want to strike up a conversation, just start talking X Men and comic books, and and I'll be a happy little boy. Um, and if uh, you enjoy this episode, then uh, please make me a happy little boy and rate it on like. Like, you know, like the the 10 different platforms I'm sure you listen to the podcast on because I'm sure you guys are all like listening to it on multiple platforms to like boost numbers and that. You're all doing that, right? I, I told you all to do that. At the beginning. Anyways, um, if you rate it, that would be great. If you love it so much, you want to support it uh, in a financial way, it's a Patreon. We have a Patreon and you can find that at patreon.com slash class of X. Um, you can go there and uh, do the good things there. Um, I appreciate all of my patrons. I appreciate everybody listening to the episode. Um, I appreciate X-Men. I appreciate um, Bread. Um, I appreciate uh, Pokemon. I appreciate Donuts. That's also Bread. Okay, I'm going to shut up now so you can get back to the show. And now, back to House of M. Um, yeah, and then uh, the other ones we get introduced to is like um, Hank McCoy is working with uh, uh, Hank Pym. Um, he's not in his beast form though. He's like a he's human. not in his beast form. He's not. He hasn't gone through that uh, disfiguration, um, and he's clearly you know over you know seeing Hank Pym. You know he's in charge. Mm. Um, and then we get a little bit of Storm looking quite fierce. Um, Serving looks this entire sh- comic series, yeah. She's- yeah, you do a disservice to the public if you are not taking an opportunity to dress Storm in something awesome. Th- this this woman has had the best looks in all of comics throughout her entire career. Um, might I interest you into checking her out during her uh, Mohawk stage? Oh, the eighties! Um, what a time where she was a uh, clearly being written as a uh, a lesbian who literally had a girlfriend in New York. Um, but we can't talk about that because that wasn't okay at the time with the code's conduct. Um, but it's okay. All the X-Men are gay now, um, in modern times. Um, and then the whole comic ends on the cliffhanger of like the Wolverine thing. So how, how were you feeling when it got to that point? So, I mean, this is kind of like, I guess I could call it like a cold open, like this entire first half or the majority of the beginning of this, uh, issue 
is you're just like just trying to collect your thoughts and figure out what's going on and everyone is like completely different but they seem very happy and you know mm-hmm. something has gone down and the world is just feeling different but yeah when we get to wolverine and he's like it's like a weird mixture of they're they're agents of shield but they also have like a lot more ceremonial garb is that supposed to be like uh what would you compare that to what, what are these outfits that they're wearing here i mean it's it's almost uh like roman um a little bit of a i i think magnus's style is he he likes to harken back to you know like napoleonic almost yeah a little little bit of the the not the 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 single rulers you know the monarchs that's what i was looking for the the monarchs and so i think that's why his vibe is like not just to things look you know modern but also have some old class in there as well so yeah a little bit of napoleonic a little bit of roman culture in the design um but it's yeah it's there yeah but i uh them waking up on wolverine i was like excited to know okay this is gonna be we're gonna be following him a lot throughout all this stuff but also like i yeah, like what's what's going on and why is he in this team and what's up with uh oh geez what's what's her name oh my god oh mystique like, mystique yeah 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 uh i was gonna call her raven whatever um also who's in the who's the rest of the the agents of shield team we got toad it looks like nightcrawler i'm not sure of who this other lady is they call i think her name was colby or something like that i think there was a there of the shield agents i'm trying to find them all but there was um there was jessica drew who's actually spider woman drew okay okay i didn't recognize her without the mask yeah um i believe that's her and i believe she's in it because jessica drew is sort of kind of a mutant in the comics um Hmm. i'm i'm not totally clear on what the story of this i thought it was another character named m but yeah i believe it's jessica later on because she has that conversation with wolverine about like you know do should we stop this um and he doesn't agree with what she's saying yeah he's Um, like making fun of her the whole time but but yeah it's, it's toad it's nightcrawler it's mystique what do you think about mystique and wolverine as a couple uh i kind of dig it i kind of dig <laughs> it i mean I, I like i don't know it i think wolverine does as well because i think in this world isn't the whole thing that everyone had their wishes fulfilled basically yeah so like if you're going off that logic then that means he's got a quush on mystique oh yeah him and mystique have been a an item i think in the past um i think a, a sign the way that i the way that I canonize why Mystique would be an item with Wolverine and not her lesbian wife, uh, Destiny, mm-hmm. um, who you probably aren't very familiar nope. with, um, is because Destiny's dead at this time. And I think in uh, Wanda's brain, if she were to scan you know, uh, Mystique for like what she wants, she probably would have seen Destiny but understood that destiny with her precognitive abilities um cuz she's what? a she's a future seer she would have been able to see through the the you know the fabric of the 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 illusion yeah and so maybe wolverine's like number 2 on mystique's list like if, okay. if, if she can't have uh destiny maybe she's down cuz mystique's a uh, very fluid with her sexuality and her preferences she's she likes she likes them all yeah um, because she can be them all um she also he also she starts out freaks wolverine out because he's waking up from like his weapon x nightmare which i'm sure he has those dreams all the time and it's it's so cool like when he's got all the tubes on him and stuff like that and the long hair <laughs> um she's like in a redhead form and she says oh you got to think for redhead so it's oh, like yeah he still is hard up for gene gray which oh always i guess 
also by this logic, she couldn't bring back Jean Grey because I feel like Jean Grey would have been powerful enough to poke holes in her whole plan. Scarlet Wishes. Yeah, she she actually like in all seriousness, she didn't bring back many people. Like she brought back a few that were like imperative for someone to be happy, happy like Gwen Stacy for Peter. Yeah, you know, and Hawkeye to kind of like rectify her own mistake oh that was for um, her yeah yeah that because because like she even says it in the that issue where uh he like you know he shot her in the back and he's like screaming at her like why you know why did you kill me she just like almost like uh flippantly says well i brought you back yeah um <laughs> it's like, just a prank bro <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think like that was her guilty i brought him back because he didn't deserve it kind of thing mm. Um, but it's, it's, you know, I think it's up to your own interpretation of why she brought Hawkeye back and why she didn't bring everybody back. Um, but yeah, I think destiny is because destiny would have screwed things up for her. Yeah. It's, and it's crazy to think too, cause they determined later on, I'm not, I don't mean to like jump ahead too much, but like it would have been a combination of Scarlet Witch and Xavier being able to pull all this together, both fooling the, uh, group that's coming into this alternate reality by messing with their minds with Xavier's powers and then also like making this reality real with uh Scarlet which is like, you know, I guess matter reality manipulation, warping. reality warping. Yeah. Um, which I thought was cool. And also like if you think about the scale of it, that really illustrates how absolutely powerful those two are. Yeah. I mean it's insane. Billions. Well, I was actually thinking about that on a walk earlier where I love uh part of my love of like the X-Men um, is that as opposed to some other characters like a Thor or a silver surfer or something like that, these are not like crazy, you know, uh, people from a, a, a weird race or other, you know, reality or anything. These are just like earthlings that yeah. are because of a leap in evolution have, like in some cases unlimited power god tier powers yeah and i love that about them that it's 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 just there it's like why can uh you know gene gray you know crack the earth in half it's like oh she was born that way but i i that also makes me appreciate the guys that are on the lower levels like of course like captain america he's just a super soldier he can he can run real fast and fight real good <laughs> but like he's still respected so that makes me respect him more and then also like wolverine super powerful dude but like in the grand scheme of things isn't like that no. powerful no so i feel like they do a great job in the comic books of really balancing everybody out and i feel like that's what they're struggling right now with with the mcu well they're like it, carol danvers is off planet <laughs> well it, it can be hard you know as compared to uh comic books you know in movies you gotta like sometimes make excuses why a character has to be able to do stuff because you can't just use like in huge crossover events, like in the comics, when Thanos actually, you know, does his thing, like mm -hmm. everybody shows up, everybody is there to deal with him because he has the the Infinity Gauntlet and has rewritten reality. But that's because they can all be in the Marvel, you know, editing office and go, okay, here's everybody that's going to show up and be a part of this big event, and we're going to write them in this way and that kind of thing. Um, and that's why, like, even in this one, like they're like everyone's in this comic. And in fact, in some of the tie-ins, they even explain like what happens to some characters when they enter into this reality from another reality. 
um, like some of the X-Men were like off, like in a different reality and came back. And when they get into the house of M reality, they're like, for a moment, they're like, Oh, what's going on? And then like a flash and they turn into their house of M versions of here and are just completely mixed into the reality. Man, that's the crazy thing too. Ah, comic books. Uh, <laughs> is that like, and this happened to me with Civil War where I was like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. I'm only reading like the main line. There are so many side stories going yeah. on and it is so much content to consume. Because like I even noticed that like Gambit was on the cover of this and he he was just did a, like a bank robbery and that was like it. And I was like, <laughs> I bet he has a whole other thing going on. I'd, I'd have to look up to see if, if they did flesh out Gambit and some other tie-ins. I didn't quite get around to reading every single tie-in for the preparation of this uh, episode. I read a few, um, but I think he might have been in one of them. Uh, but I, one of my favorites was they had a Fantastic Four tie-in where they explained what happened to the Fantastic Four. And the mm. long story short is that the original family, when they went to the, the space to get bombarded by the cosmic rays to get their powers, it actually killed them. And... They came back, and the only one who survived was Ben, who's the thing, but he was even more, like, giant and deformed and, and almost, like, uh, simple-minded. Oh, and that was uh, what Emma Frost was referencing when she said she had a client that she had to go take care of, right? I don't remember who she was referencing. She was saying something about, like, I got a kid who, you know, is... Oh, the... Franklin Richards, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, she was. She was referencing that his parents were dead. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, which that kid's like a, he's also like a god level. Yeah, god level mutant. Um, well, mutant, not mutant. I can't get into it right now, but he was a mutant and now he's not. Sure. Um, well, well, to round out the 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 second, uh, you know, book issue issue. God damn, the words. <laughs> uh, it ends with this like cool cool shot, and in its Wolverine, he's on this helicarrier. They're surrounded by jets, and they all seem like it's shield, but like the House of Magnus shield. Yeah, and there's these giant. Are they like Iron Man Sentinels? Is it just Tony Stark developed Sentinels? I They're just they, they look a little bit Iron Man because they have a little bit of his colors, but they are just uh they're <gasps> Sentinels. They're, oh, just, they're more Magneto than anything, aren't yeah. they? If you look at their helmets, their helmets are very Magneto helmeted. Yeah. I thought Loves for whatever reason I thought that they were Iron Man dudes, but it didn't make sense to me because I was like, Well, isn't they're calling Iron uh, Stark a sapien. Yes, because he's a human. Yeah. So I guess he's not Iron Man in this world universe i didn't read his tie-in i know he does have a suit in this universe but okay. he but um but he's struggling in a world you know as a sapien as opposed to tony stark in the regular world is just like on top of you know yeah. the world and and the billionaireest billionaire ever um no in this world he's like doesn't matter how that's a big like a uh, theme in this and it, it, they explore it in like the in the fantastic four one and they explore it in the spider-man tie-in where it's like um no matter how powerful you are how rich you are if you are a sapien you are secondary to any mutant down the street mm. um like doom can't deal with that at all he actually runs his own i think they're called the fearsome four um Lame. and uh <laughs> <laughs> and it's his wife and his kid and him who he gave all everybody all three of them superpowers and then Ben Grimm, who's the it. Um, but the whole story of his tie-in is that he can't, he has such a hard time bowing to Magneto and attempts like to, he makes an attempt on Magneto's life, but then like it backfires and his, his like family is, is like ruined and that kind of thing. And 
no matter what he does, he's the king of Latveria, but he's not the ruler of the earth like Magneto. Oh, that's got it. That's got to That's got to eat away at him too. He's got an ego on that one. Yeah. So, so let's keep let's yeah let's keep moving on to issue three, where uh, this is where we get the fun little uh, exit uh, stage left from Wolverine, which I think is fun. I like when they. So cool. They uh, they come up with like unique ways of exploring uses of someone's ability, and it's like, well, Wolverine isn't indestructible, but he won't die. So, yeet. Yeah, yeah. I also was like, oh my god, he he just dropped into this world. He knows that something's amiss. He's got his memories back, but like something's wrong here. He's really trusting that he's still got that what skeleton <laughs> in, in him and, and and all that vibranium. Is it vibranium? Uh, adamantium. Adamantium. I'm so sorry. Oh, I just lost so many points with so many. <laughs> it's okay. So you know, he's really trusting that he's still himself in this well, world. Well, I imagine if adamantium is in fact grafted to your entire skeleton, oh, you feel it. It takes half a second to realize that you're you're moving. You know, an extra. However, I think they call that like it's an extra like eighty or hundred something pounds of metal on him. Oh, cool. Um and uh yeah you kind of feel that so yeah when he he jumped he knew what he was jumping with um but yeah so they this is when it it's just wolverine trying to figure out like what's going on and his first instinct is go to the mansion try to find the x-men try to find charles (laughs) who just happens upon some dude who owns the mansion in westminster and like probably scares the living hell out of this man yep who's just like like imagine that weird event of, of of an intruder breaking into your home, asking for someone who doesn't live there. You tell them they don't live there, and they leave, and you never see them again. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for Bob Chovacek. What? Bob Chovacek, where <laughs> is he? I don't know you He's gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would just leave you with questions for the rest of your life. Yep. That, <laughs> what was that? I don't know. That's cool. Um. But uh, he does like he you know he does the whole like trying to look through the phone book and that kind of thing. But that's when yeah the the agents of Shield find him, um, and uh, yeah it's a great little group of rogue and and mystique and that kind of thing. I love I love their little outfits. Um, they almost look like cute. Judge Dread. It is a little bit Judge Dready. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. I wonder if there's ever been a Dread X Men crossover. There's got to have been someone had to make a cash grab at some point, probably. Um, but yeah, so they they start trying to apprehend uh, Wolverine. Um, he throws himself through a mirror, um, uh, manages to like dodge a lot of bullets and keep away from a teleporting like Nightcrawler. Um, yeah, just which eats is, him by the tail. Yeah, he does. He grabs him and just and just goes, "Nope, bye." Um, and then uh, a mysterious cloaked figure shows up. Did I? I assume again this is someone you probably don't know who this is. It's Cloak, right? It is Cloak. I've uh, I know of them of Cloak and Dagger fame. Yeah. But Dagger's not in this. No, she doesn't show up for some reason. I'm not quite sure what the the, the reasoning was. Um but yeah, he's kind of a transport for the uh the human resistance group. Um Cloak is an awesome character with the just an amazing power set. Even like his uh his show of power when the sentinels show up and he just like instinctively absorbs and transports as many people as he can. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I I like him a lot. He was just a very subdued character. Kind of reminded me of like 
Marvel's version of Martian Manhunter a little bit for some reason. He's a little bit. He's just that that quiet, collected uh, fellow with super crazy power set, um, but you know never really loses his cool. Um, just very stoic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this is where the you know when he's meeting with the human resistance, this is the reveal, which probably wasn't much a reveal for you because you were like, ah, Hawkeye. Um, whereas in 2005, people have gone like, what, Hawkeye? Oh, because um, he's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been dead for a while. Um, so this is me telling you now. This is that was an aha moment. So feel free to have it right now. Oh, oh, Hawkeye. Aha. <laughs> but he's dead. But I I thought he wouldn't come back. <laughs> I can um, do better. I could take a second take. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, we we could do another one of that. No, 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 um, no, no, no. So we can hop over to issue four. We're about halfway through at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, Magneto's vibing in his uh, palatial uh, estate. Also, looking Magneto over. looking great for a World War II Holocaust survivor. And I got to give him credit for these pump covers. Everything that he wears. I went through this stage where I was buying double XL shirts because they made <laughs> me look massive. And Magneto's doing that. And I'm like, man, I'm really vibing with Magneto on this. <laughs> yeah, the you referenced the what we call the sliding time scale of comics where, yep, Magneto's supposed to be a Holocaust survivor. Um, but this is 2005, and he looks, like, just great. Uh, just, he's a mutant, uh, yada, yada, yada. It's just that um, everything truncates the f- the further we get away from certain events. It's why they don't really reference actual real world events anymore in comics because yeah. it dates your comics. <laughs> yeah, like Captain um, America's been old and like unfrozen for longer than World War II has been done by our standard. <laughs> I don't know. It's the maths. It's yeah. He's been like out of the ice for like sixty, seventy years now. He's not really a man out of time anymore. Yeah. No. He just took a really long nap. Yeah. He's 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 now like if that's the case, he should be a just as rickety as a seventy-year-old man nowadays. Correct. Um, but uh, yeah, the sliding time scale doesn't quite work. In fact, the um in in House of M, they actually explored the actual timeline of how this like if this is actually a real reality, how did this work out? And it was like in the 1970s, um, a like group of humans make a, 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 a an attempt on Magneto's life with Sentinels, and in for for reparations, the like the world gives him Genosha, a little bit similar to real com real the regular comic timeline, and but the story is, is that he just the mutant population continues to grow and becomes like over 50 percent of the population, and he takes over the world with this mutant, you know, following and is, and becomes the, but it's like 1970s is when his story starts instead of like Holocaust. It's, uh, and again, this is just some combination of Scarlet Witch and Xavier just making Weaving that a little up. tale. It's so wild. So we go back to the human resistance where, uh, Hawkeye, takes out uh wolverine's little tracker a little bit too late and those little sentinels show up but you get a good good view of that that helmet that's very a magneto um the reason why i say it's like a little bit romanist is because magneto's helmet is a roman gladiator helmet and so i think they continue to take that vibe and and went with uh you know because he's he's kind of like a caesar yeah um it's very and ornate so, and, and like carved and i like it yeah it's I, cool i like the sentinels getting a little zhuzhed up you mm. know like Magneto's a, a tyrant, but he but he's got some style, yeah. you know. 
you say it yourself he's got those like those great like draped you know blousey cape like uh outfits pump covers yeah yeah he's pump hiding covers. all he's hiding all them muscles <laughs> but i when you said pump covers at first i was like are you referencing his like shoes or something he's wearing sandals those pump covers no those are referencing big old muscles those are some jesus shoes no i'm talking about his pump covers <laughs> yeah what's pack. what's magneto's outfit jesus, jesus shoes and pump, and pump covers <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> I'm going to have to put that down for a, uh, a Halloween get up at some point. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this is when, uh, uh, cloak managed to get them all, uh, as many of them yeeted back into a abandoned, you know, uh, office. Oh, Fisk's tower office. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we are, we meet Layla, Layla Miller. Um, now for those at home, Layla didn't exist prior to this comic. Um, she is not a character that anybody reading be like, oh, it's Layla. It's like, no, she was made for House of M. Which is kind of like, you're cheap. In the, uh, mm, yeah. Feel it's like we, we, we invented this character to serve this very specific purpose. This, this mutant has the perfect power to make this story work. It was, I uh, think, I, I, I 100% feel you on that. It is a little bit of like making the thing that was needed. Like you had to make the Chekhov's gun kind of thing. Right. Um, but I did like the little uh, writing that Dr. Strange says where he brings up Layla to Scarlet and he is trying to like, it's when you're like those moments where you're trying to speak the truth to somebody to, to get them to acknowledge that they understand the truth as well. He says like, you made Layla so we would find you as, as though Wanda knew that this was wrong. And so she also wrote in the means for this coming to an end. It's like the the war of her id and ego. Interesting. Okay. I had not considered that. Uh, I, I I feel you on on your side though as well. Like I get it. Like it can uh, it, it, without that line in the seventh issue, it really wouldn't. It really would have felt almost entirely like Layla was made for this. Layla actually, after this whole House of M thing, continues on, especially in a comic called X Factor, and she becomes a really interesting and awesome character. That actually, after reading this, I'm like, oh, I gotta reread that arc of fa- of X Factor. It was so good. Yeah, it's a little bit of a noir detective x-men novel with a uh, multiple man as the lead hmm. um he was like solving crimes um for mutants and that kind of thing it's very cool but yeah layla is miraculously able to unlock the real world memories of people and so that's how luke knew that uh wolverine wasn't actually crazy yeah i like that he makes him tell his story and then at the end of it he's like yeah, we knew all that layla told yeah, us yeah yeah but it was, it was t- nice for the audience to catch up, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I do that with my kids all the time where I'm like, all right, I already know what like the story is, but I'm like, you tell me what happened. Yeah. There's a shot mm-hmm. of Layla where she's like realizing like what she, how her, she has powers and all this. She looks awful in it. She looks t- truly terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. It's the goofiest face. She's like, oh. <laughs> well, I mean, she's, 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 oh yeah. I know what panel you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, uh that's a lot to take in when you're like what is she like 11 or something like that um that's a lot so Um, really quick and i know know we're trying to move along and stuff but like we have a bunch of this like resistance Uh, i guess like three or so died when the sentinels hit but yeah i'm looking at this panel where it's like a collection of them they're all coming out of cloak and who am i all looking at here because they said something about moon knight but i'm guessing he's not in his 
his outfit. He doesn't have uh Yeah, he doesn't have his like con powers. Yeah. yeah. But there's like a uh, there's like a bunch of people with guns and I'm like, I don't I, you look familiar, but I don't know. Yeah, and uh not every I can recognize everybody. I know that uh, it's one is Mockingbird, there's Iron Fist, there's uh Moon Knight, Hawkeye, uh uh Luke Cage. I think Matt Murdock might be in that group, so I think oh. Daredevil might be in there. I can't remember. Okay. Um. No, no they unlock him later on. Um. That's that's why I was thinking of Matt because they when they go through the whole thing, like at the end of this issue, that's when they go and they understand that they need to get you know Emma unlocked. Um. And so they go and do the let Layla do her thing with her, and um Emma angry at the end of it. Yeah. Um, she, and she, she mad. She mad. Uh, which I love Emma when she's angry. I think Emma's the best when she's angry. Um, Still very composed be- though. She's just like, I have a plan and I'm gonna kill someone. You know, Emma at all times. I feel like it, the, to be Emma is to at all times be frustrated with um, the super powered, idiotic men in the room. Cause she's it's cause the story of like being like a, an ex woman, especially mm-hmm. someone is uh, with like her is having to deal with, um, ex men making very big, bad mistakes and her having to clean up for them. <laughs> no one will get this reference unless you're like really deep in the, in, into the RT. She's like Hannah McCarthy. She's like, <laughs> she's one of our <laughs> friends and, yes. and like uh, high I mean, up on the chain of rooster teeth. And she's very smart and very cool. It is the shared experience of women in the professional field who are still dealing with, you know, the Dumb patriarchy dumbs. and misogyny and that kind of thing. Like that, Emma is like superpower telepath who can hear every thought of every man around her, which has to be just hell. Oh God! Um, and she so she knows like deep down how terrible and dumb men are. Um, and so yeah, like being woken up by this and being like, um, you know. The the wh- who did what Magneto's uh, is done what to the reality and she's like upset. I love it. Yeah. Also knowing uh, that, knowing how like powerful she is and she's just reading thoughts that I feel like also is proof that Scott Summers is like a good dude. Like yeah, I mean he's got they, nothing to hide from her and she still takes him as her partner. No, and honestly, they kind of um they actually started having a little bit of an affair before Gene died, um but it was all a. Uh, psychic affair there was there was nothing physical they were doing things in the psychic plane Weird. and so yeah like you want to know you want to have an affair with like the raw version of somebody do it in this in the you know in their mind like that's that's big that's uh, that's messed up i kind of know i'm judging <laughs> cyclops a little bit now oh yeah you should cyclops isn't like the greatest guy ever either like um he's got his ups and downs and i, I love him um and he's again great in the modern comics right now um but yeah he he kind of like he's done some some jerky things and that's one of them well so so layla awakens emma frost and she gets all caught up and we don't have to read all of like the explanation for what's happening she realizes she's in this house of magnus world before we get to the next issue where they're unlocking everybody we keep seeing this image of four people in like a cathedral what's going on with that i I, one of them looks like xavier but I, i don't know what's happening there and we see it a lot yeah, uh, I, my interpretation of that is that that is an image of uh, Pietro, uh, Wanda, and Magneto over Xavier. Got it. Um, and 
I, 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 I think it's supposed to symbolize like the the unity of like the the inclusion of those four people and what responsibility each of them has for what happened. You know, Wanda being the one who warped all reality and and Xavier being the one who read everyone's mind and has controlled everyone's mind. But then Pietro being the one who coerced Wanda to do this whole thing and Magneto being the map. Yeah, this is his imagination space. Yeah. yeah. This is what they could imagine being the thing that would finally make their father happy. Yeah. Um so yeah, I it, it's never I don't feel like it ever was actually fully explained like who those people were, but like you can tell it's like it's probably Xavier sitting in the chair in the front. You know, and then the three people behind him just makes sense to be those people. That's my interpretation. If you okay. have a different one, I'm open to it. No, no, I I'm vibing with that. So yeah, we we go into the next issue, and it's just kind of like uh, it's a lot of them picking up, you know, teammates to be, you know, part of the resistance because they're like they recognize they got to do some sort of assault on Magneto to either end this or find Xavier or both. Um, and the first person they do it with is Scott, who tosses his cookies. Um, he just walks into the apartment. It's like, what's going on here? And then she's like, reveal yourself. And he's like, <laughs> it's probably a lot, you know? And, and they're all also probably dealing a little bit with like, um, remembering both lives. Oh, and like what was real? What was a dream? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. That's that gotta be, be so hard. Yeah. Which is what Wolverine's dealing with at all times, you know? Poor dude. Yeah. Um, but they go and pick up Spider-Man. Um, Bald who Spider-Man. is kind of shaved head. Uh, he probably wasn't very recognizable. Um, that's because in his tie-in issue with uh, the House of M, he shaved his head in it and then had this whole story um, involving that. Um, but that's my explanation to you right now. He has a shaved head because he shaved his head for a story that was part of the House of M tie-ins. Neat. But yeah, he's there with uh, not only Gwen Stacy, who's dead, but their fictional child, Richie, and his dead uncle Ben Grimm, not Ben Grimm, Ben Ben Parker, Ben, ben Parker, Unky Ben, Unky Ben. I'm assuming and, Aunt May is still alive in the other. Yeah, world. she's there too. She's okay. next to Uncle Ben. Um, but you know, taking that, yeah, I I I appreciated that in his like reawakening sequence, they made sure to show like the Gwen Stacy nep snack, uh, uh snap. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Nep snack i agree god i'm just doing i'm doing great at, at speaking into a podcast <laughs> um because yeah because that has to really like people need to have that reminder i think to realize like him looking at her what that is he's how like, deeply traumatizing her. that was yeah oh yeah like because it's also his biggest mistake ever in in his entire history yeah. um that was his like moment um and they get him and I think they uh, they managed to only get him, and that's when they go and get like, uh, Shadowcat, uh, who's Kitty Pride. They get Doctor Strange, which is smart. You're gonna want him around. Yeah, yeah. They get Carol Danvers or Captain Marvel. I think she was Miss Marvel at this point. Can't remember. She's gone through. A f- she's gone through a lot of names. That Carol. Um, they go and get Iron Man, which is smart. That's when they get Matt Murdock, and uh. Oh yeah, and that's when they they decide not to get Captain America. They also get She-Hulk though, Jennifer Walters. Yes, yeah, yeah they yeah. got they got She-Hulk because she shows up in the next uh, page. But yeah, that that was right after they decide not to get Captain America because they realize it probably would just break him. So what? Yeah, and there's nothing he can do because he doesn't have a super soldier serum in the House of M, you know, world. 
but like what does that also mean that Captain America never wanted to be Captain America? He just wanted to live out his life as like a World War II vet? I, I the, this reality is I think a mixture of what their deep desires are and what Wanda thinks would keep them complacent and accepting of this of this reality. And I think Wanda knew that there's no world where Captain America being who he was would have allowed for Magneto to tyrannically be in charge. Mm. And so he would have, she knows it would have made him just completely struggle in this reality. So she took away the thing that would have caused that, which is his super soldier, you know, serum and that kind of thing. So instead he's happy just being a normal dude, you know, in normal New York. She had to nerf Captain America because he's did. too good. Yeah. Yeah. Man. I mean, uh, he used. I mean, you know, you brought up civil war. I mean, he could be a force that can really split, you know, uh, a, a fight. Yeah. So there. That's when they gather everybody up for the human resistance, and that's when the agents of Shield show up again. They have another fight with them, but luckily, uh, Rogue accidentally touches Layla, and then just becomes an antenna of unlocking everyone around her. Um which is helpful because then they add a bunch of mutants to their team to be yeah. able to help them assault Magneto. Um, although I don't know, I don't know how much help Toad's going to be. I really don't want to hate on the guy. <laughs> he got his but... tongue cut off earlier and I was like, God, I hope he can regrow that back. <laughs> Did he? In a panel yeah. Did... Wolverine, when he was like escaping from him after he smash landed into that building, just snipped his tongue off. Right oh before God, I must throwing. have just missed that. It was horrifying. <laughs> Uh, but also, I noticed that uh, Mystique just slaps the crap out of Wolverine. Yeah. What's that, what's that all about? I think that's her, like, remembering their relationship. And like I said, I think Mystique, deep down, like, if you know Mystique, you know Mystique is the only human she has ever actually cared for. This psychopath that is Mystique, this sociopath Mystique, is destiny. Mm. And... um. I think that's a little bit of her go like kind of not knowing wh who to blame for this charade at the time, you know, not being able to deal with like Wanda directly, but knowing that like her and Wolverine did the hanky panky and that kind of thing. Like she's like a little bit of a you cad kind of moment. Got it. Like, how dare you, even though reality was warped, how dare you, um, <laughs> you know, date me. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, it's, 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 she, just a little moment. She she hurts her hand, smacking a man with um, metals collectors with the metals called adamantium. There you go. Yeah, he's got an adamantium skeleton. Um. So yeah. So they're all like, okay, we're gonna make an assault on House Magnus. This is the plan, and that's when we go to House Magnus. Um. Polaris is hanging out with uh Daddy Magneto. Um. Who. I don't know if you're aware, you're much aware of who she is, Polaris. No, I knew that there was like a third kid and yeah. they had Magneto's powers, but I I feel like that was like a later, like, oh, there was also another sister, yes. And like you it, just kind of didn't know about her and then she just showed up. It definitely up. was. Yeah. Um I it it was something where for decades she was not canonically his kid, but everyone always like been like, She's got the same powers, she's got the exact same powers. Why couldn't she speak? And so they uh, it eventually ended up being oh. that she, she was. Uh, it, she ended up. It, it also worked out too because now he's got RGB. He's got red, Scarlet Witch, green is Polaris, and blue is Quicksilver. <laughs> uh, Quicksilver? 
Yeah, yeah, quick yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, like all their kids are. He he's got such colorful children. <laughs> he does. That's, I've never I've never thought of it that way. But you're 100 percent correct. He's That's why it's RGB. like it's the perfect trifecta. It's 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 yeah. It's mm, yeah yeah art design. Yeah. He's 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 a big planner. Color but theory. then at the end, huh? Color theory. Yeah. Color theory. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is the issue at the end of this is when the reveal that Xavier is is supposedly dead and gone in this uh in this universe that he existed at some point but he's he's not here so it kind of throws a a wrench in the idea that xavier's the one causing this or can be a solution for resetting uh, fixing this yeah um so that's when we get to issue six um in issue six that's when uh the party kind of starts a little bit with the dignitaries showing up you got like doom Head, heading in and uh, making an appearance taking photos you can tell these men hate each other yeah and they're just doing their the, the photo op um all the while emma has commandeered an entire helicarrier which i love oh and she's like made everyone invisible to the mind yeah so they're all just like stealing dudes as food because cyclops is like everybody eat <laughs> it is it's just it's just them being phantoms in their own ship um He's he's that's a very dad moment where he's like eat up everybody we got a lot to do. Yep. They don't address that very often in the comics where people like need to eat some food and and like recover their calories. The one thing that always stuck out to me from Civil War was like Captain America breaks his arm in a fight and then they just had this giant like machine that he just stuck his arm in and it was Resets like a mi- it. it was like a microwave and then like 5 minutes later his arm's fine again. I was like oh that's kind of, that's a cool solution. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of uh, healing solutions in the in the comic books. I mean, especially I mean, the X Men alone have healers. They have healers on their teams, right? That do certain things. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, you gotta get if 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 you need Captain America be back in the field, you gotta have cool technology to kind of fix him up real quick. Um, but yeah, so they're that's this is when they start having the conversation of like you know how are they going to deal with this? Like Cyclops is trying to go over his like three team plan, but this is when, uh, who I believe is Jessica drew who's spider woman kind of has, I think a, a, an interesting conversation. I don't know what you thought about her take. Um, I'm looking through, are you referring to her questioning the, who's being hurt by this? Yeah. It's like, well, we all got what we wanted. Right. And yeah, that was, I think it's, I mean, like, in terms, I like that they make you, the audience, and the reader ask the, the question yourself, and like they did, like, with Civil War, which I, I know I could keep referring to it, but it's, like, really the only experience I have with, like, X-Men and Marvel. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I feel like she's in the wrong. Like, I feel like even, and the group kind of agrees, too, even though they technically have better lives, and, they, and the other version of their life is, like, sad and depressing, like, it's not right you know yeah yeah but then someone else is making an interesting point where it's like maybe this is the natural evolution of things this is how the you know mutants actually make their giant skip into you know being the dominant species which i thought was like a really cool take but i don't i don't agree i mean it, i i didn't agree either in reading but i think it's it's very interesting philosophical you know topics to talk about because like she's even having that conversation about you know who is this hurting maybe this is how it's supposed to be and all the while wolverine's telling her like no this is not how it's supposed to be and spider-man's standing there it's why he has like 
they have a little panel where he kind of has to excuse himself because they're all talking about getting rid of reality where his girlfriend who is his biggest failure that died is alive and his uncle who is his other you know original biggest failure is alive as well yeah he's happy and has a kid with with his wife you know um and but they're all like we need to take that all away um yeah i'd have to i'd have to step away too (laughs) yeah and so i you know it's it also kind of begs the question uh, which is interesting with these big you know kind of a catastrophic catastrophic event moments where you know something like this you know your instinct is we have to put it back to what was normal what was the real thing but um it begs the question of like why do you have to like why does it why does why if this is now reality reality is as you as you make it like why do you need to put it back yeah and and wolverine knows like it's it's kind of like a little bit of that captain america stubbornness of like just because you have to you have to it has to be what it was math is math math is math (laughs) yeah yeah um but after they have that little conversation i like where it just gets back to cyclop cyclops and he's like you guys done having your little like philosophy like three teams guys come (laughs) on i was talking here (laughs) he he was so excited to tell people about his cool plan with three teams and he got interrupted and had to wait and sit there poor guy it sucks (laughs) he is constantly the boy scout i mean from what i know about him he is a lot he's a lot and it's just like he just he just wants to get stuff done it's like guys can we settle down class needs to continue just like awkwardly pulling out this like whiteboard that he's been holding on to just like <laughs> all right okay so here's my plan yeah. are we done arguing whether or not we're doing this i brought snacks um, <laughs> I brought, yeah, yeah so we get to house magnus and they go through a few fun like introductions with dignitaries you've got you know uh t'challa and doom and aurora you know who's like uh i think she's like the head of like kenya um and even like uh the namer shows up um who's technically a mutant um Mm. and also i think they had like a dignitary from like the kree so the kree were like at least you know part of this reality um but then that's when they just drop a sentinel on magneto which is fun because they knew that it wasn't going to do anything but they just knew the image of what that looks like of like his sentinel being dropped on his doorstep on his head yeah i hadn't considered the the psychological warfare that they're they're doing there because i was like well there goes the element of surprise for something that he could just easily stop yeah him and his daughter who are both holding their hands up going like no yeah i i do appreciate this whole like setting up the party to the celebration of like i guess mutant independence or or mutants like you know magneto's reign yeah right and and they're setting up who's all attending because this is also the team that they're going to be fighting which i thought was cool yeah it kind of ups the stakes when it's not just like a bunch of no names at the party but also like they're gonna have to deal with namer and they're gonna have to deal with storm like really powerful dudes so yeah yeah that's 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 part of the fun of these huge crossover events is you get to see like what's what does it look like if you know she hulk fights namer yeah um, or you know uh, uh dr doom fights you know wolverine uh but yeah so they the fight breaks out they're all doing their stuff um rogue has a little bit of a rage moment where she like she's ready to just absorb as many of these, you know, crazy powers as she can to not hold back as Cyclops told them to like, 
this is all the stakes are on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go to uh, uh, Emma with Cloak and Layla looking for Xavier's grave. And that's when they kind of get that first moment of defeat of like noticing that like Xavier can't be here to help them. But then Cloak does his cool little like thing and freaks them out. And they're like, okay, what's this guy doing? And he comes back and he's like, there ain't nothing there. There's it's no just, bones. There's no skeleton. No skeleton, no bones. There's still hope. Um, which Fred Herring didn't really ever pay off, did it? What? That Xavier? No. Yeah, we never find whatever happened to Xavier, at least where not in he this was. Run. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it kind of like it extends the hope of there could still be something to deal with this. Sure. You're right. You're 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 100 pointing out that it actually never gets paid off, but it 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 kind of continued the mystery of like, could this still be fixed? Is there yeah. still hope? Which they needed because they had, you know, a whole nother issue of this fight that they had to uh, fill. Um, but we go on to, we'll just keep moving on to the next issue where they're all fighting. And that's when Dr. Strange kind of astral planes away from the fight um, as like Scarlet Witch's like body who was at the, uh, the ceremony, yeah. which by the way, I think it's such a cool turn that she made herself human in it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting too. And I also knew it was too good to be true that she'd be human in this reality because that that would just like, I guess, eliminate all possibilities of them fixing this stuff for her to just take her own powers away. Right, but I think it was like her own little way of like, how can I simplify my my life to the max? Yeah. Where it's just me and my kids. So just take away even the the idea that anyone would expect her to have powers. Yeah. Um, so she could just kind of be mom. Um, but yeah, she's like that her avatar, let's call it that, is like disintegrating. And that's when Strange is like, Okay, I sent something, he goes and finds uh Wanda and has a little little conversation with her. Um, what did you think about that conversation you had with her and the re- uh, the revelation that came from it? Well, before I get into that, I did think it was interesting that the majority of the heroes that are fighting are like plain closed or don't have all of their equipment. Like Cyclops is just taking his glasses off. Yeah. 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 Which is like, it's funny. It's a funny sight and it makes sense that that would happen. But I was also like, Oh, that sucks. Like, <laughs> you know, some of these guys are like completely decked out. And then other people are like, oh, I guess I wear my Levi's to the fight. <laughs> um, but in terms of the conversation that he had with Dr. Strange, like I've always you know, just based on like the MCU interpretation of Strange, how he's like a very—he's he's a doctor. He's a very smart man and stuff like that. He's very has a, has a very good bedside manner. So like the way that he approaches her so sensitively, it's it's as if he's like talking to a child that has a gun pointed at him. Yeah, and it was such an interesting dynamic. And like she's—I don't know if she's all there or if she's eliminated her own memories and is like completely immersed herself in this house of him world but it was uh i don't know it's fascinating but it was also like i was frustrated for dr strange because he's like he he needs to push he has to push yeah but he like can't push too hard or she'll blow him away yeah yeah i mean it's it's yeah it's definitely it's the kid uh holding the bomb is almost what it is um and i think that's a great assessment of like how he had to deal with this uh i think wanda is in this state of of semi-awareness um of of the of what wrong she's causing but also knowing this is what she wants she wants nothing more than just than just to have her kids yeah and and these people won't let her 
And so she's like, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And I, and, you know, it's like, that's why she, I think flippantly just shows strange, you know, that Quicksilver caused this. She's like, yeah, like I, I knew it wasn't okay. What Quicksilver was telling me, but I let him convince me. And so here we are. So what are we going to do? I have my kids. I'm not going to, what am I going to do? Unravel my own children from reality? No, I'm not going to do that. Strange. Yeah. You know, um, but <laughs> it's completely, it's completely, uh, overrun by an arrow to her back um which i think even knowing like she's super powerful it's still just shocking just oh, getting, yeah just seeing her just shot with an arrow from behind because hawkeye is that just not cool right now he's just that upset of you know what this woman has done not only did she first kill him but then she only brought him back to live in a reality where humans are the subjects to mutants um man the the gall of this woman. Yeah, now that you mention it, like I, I at first I was like, Oh my god, of course Hawkeye's gonna throw a wrench in this whole thing. How did he even get there? What what <laughs> the heck is up with this dude? He wouldn't let them unlock the, his memories and all this stuff. And I was like really frustrated with the character, but the motivations are there and it makes sense why he would react the way that he did. You know? Yeah, I mean he 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 had to experience he had to forcefully experience the truth of it when Rogue did that kind of mass awakening. Oh, she! Um, I forgot that she also unlocked him. She kind of took away his yeah, choice. and that's when he disappeared because I I think the shock of the reality like I don't know what his memories would be like, but he must it must have been the memory of dying. He must yeah. have the memory of dying, which I imagine that's a very hard memory to have. Never experienced it myself. Yeah. Um, but you know, he, I think he also just knows how, how, you know, useless even the act is, um, but he's just angry. And so that's why he does it. And so, you know, I think he knew like it was going to end poorly. And so he gets, you know, (laughs) turned into evaporated by those kid by the kid. Yeah. Oh, the kid did it. Yeah. I guess it makes sense because he tells him to shut up. Yeah, I mean, and the kid is just an extension of Wanda herself at this point, not an actual soul. Yeah, because they don't have, like, this isn't what I imagine, like, the canonical version of her children are. Because it's, like, one of them is, like, a, a, a version of Quicksilver, and the other one is a version of Wanda, right? It's, like, Wiccan and something or another. I can't remember what the other kid's name is. Is his name just Speed? I can't remember what his name is. Um, but, yes, it is a little Quicksilver and a little Wanda. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, these these are, like... A different version um, but they are still her kids um, maybe these are the depowered versions so they don't have like the you know the blonde the white hair of Pietro uh, and and Magneto um, so they both have just kind of the, the auburn curls of their mom mm. um, but it was speaking of Pietro it there's a fun little reminder in the panel after Hawkeye gets evaporated that Pietro is actually like super powerful um, and yeah. He he used to be like limited in his speed in the comics, but then they just kind of like, well, what if we just turn this volume up a little bit more? And he turned into like flash levels of power. And so when a man can move at that speed and is that determined, like he could, you know, he can stop a party, which is essentially what he does until, you know, the even more powerful person, Magneto, just like who got awakened in the graveyard by Emma, um, just fully puts it to a, a stop to it and goes crazy yeah i mean th- there's nothing like a good father-son fight in 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 a dad so mad at his son not even referring to him to him by name just saying boy is yeah. so cool um, yeah and terrifying 
little bit of that like uh like moments from like Invincible um if yeah. you watched that or read that comic um where it's yeah dad has to deal with a petulant boy um but then Wanda steps in and like completely changes the game um stops cuz cuz she is she is in fact devoted to Quicksilver as well like they are bonded it's a big deal their relationship haven't they also explored I don't want to get gross with this, but hasn't there been like, like the incest? Of incest, it? yeah, yeah. In alternate ones, they've 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 explored a little bit more in kind of a not a fully graphic, but a little bit of a, a gross way. Yeah. Um, but it's always been implied there that they just have a very they have a very strong bond that kind of even surpasses the conventional, you know, brother sister kind of uh, relationship, um, where it's a little bit of that like that twinness, you know, when you're twins. You 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 almost kind of can these these two almost consider themselves to be the same person, and mm. uh, almost he does. He also has a devotion to her of like protecting Wanda over all things, which is why he you know when hearing the Avengers and the X Men have that conversation in Stark Tower before all this, that's why he lost it because he's like he's like he's like you know at telling his dad like you can you have to hear them they're thinking about killing Wanda. And this is the worst thing in the world you could say to Quicksilver. Yeah. Well, going going back to that really quick, was there a moment where they tipped the hat to Quicksilver being present in the meeting? Like, was there like a, a frame where you see just kind of a blur? Because I don't remember him being there. I don't think they necessarily showcase him there, um, but it's implied, I think, that because of his speed, he can be there, you know, in a, in a discreet place and gone within a moment's notice. Um, you know, hear their conversation, you know, outside the door and then run to Genosha in a matter of seconds to minutes. So cool. Um, but he gets dropped by a Magneto and uh, Wanda does step in, does a whole like thing with him where she she's like talking down to him. And while she's doing that, she like removes his mouth. And so it's just smoothed over like Matrix style. Yeah. Um, and then you know flash of a hand takes a basically you know killed beaten uh body of quicksilver and just restores it immediately and finally like lets loose on her father that they've just been for their entire lives trying to make him happy all the while he has prioritized the entire race of mutants over the two that have been staring him in the face mm. um which i i it's, i think it's a very heartfelt and raw moment i liked that yeah wanda being very honest that like it's a little bit of 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 projection she's kind of blaming her own problems on magneto but she's just like you know my grief so much of my grief you know originates from the fact that you just never were actually our dad yeah if you had just been our dad maybe we could have actually avoided all of this which i think is like my read on it is i find it so fascinating that even though Magneto's turned over a new leaf and he's on good terms with the Avengers and the X-Men and like has tried to move on and is actually trying to better mutant kind, he still ends up becoming the villain, but not even by his own will. Like it's because of his past and how he treated his children that he's just always, he's just destined to be the bad guy. Yeah. And I find that really interesting. Everyone deep down probably knows that even though Wanda is the problem here, the origin is that Magneto is the one to blame. If he had just, you know, actually taken care of this child from the beginning, maybe she wouldn't have like, you know, turned out this way. Right. Um, you know, and this is, 
uh, I'm so happy because you get you I get to you and anybody else reading this comic for the first time gets to experience one of my f- most like treasured moments from comic book history, which is just it's one of the most famous panels in all comic books. It is that one panel at the top of the page where Wanda is just her mouth and it's just her saying those three words, no more mutants. And that sentence, that panel changed Marvel comics for forever. And I love moments like that. Yeah. I mean, even the next page is just a full page of just like what looks like a nuclear bomb going off. Yeah. Just, just uh, everything is being reset once again. Um, And we get another cliffhanger that, you know, those of us back in the day had to just kind of wait and go like, what just happened? Wait, wait, what, what happened? What, what did she do? Um, and Imagine it's also, it's all like similar in scale and scope to like the snap from like yes. the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Such a good comparison, Blaine, um, of like, wait, is this what happened? What happened? But Brian Michael Bendis, who wrote this, he teased all the while before this all came out that the results of House of M were going to change comics for forever. And he never, he stayed tight-lipped on what that was and never told anybody what it was. And, and all the while you're reading this comic, you're like, is this what it is? Is that he's changed it so now this is really reality? Mm. Um, but it, it, it couldn't have been anything, none of us could have imagined what actually was the reality, which is what is revealed in the final issue. Um, that almost all the mutants are gone, like uh, gone, gone. Um, what was your reaction to that when you when you pulled out the final issue and we're reading through that and and we, you know, find Emma and, and start entering the X Mansion? Yeah, would this be considered like what is it, prologue? Is that the right term? Epilogue. Probably. Epilogue. Epilogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was like they treated it in universe the best I can compare it to is like uh like 911 like yeah. like not to like you know make light of a horrible world event but like that's like kind of how the news is reacting into like on on like on an individual basis like the the the, the white house made a statement about it and then everyone's like what's going on what's yeah. what's happening there's like the uh the the like everyone scurrying to find the facts and stuff like that and no one having the answers is like all of that I mean- is so scary it's a little bit like how we all uh, were reacting to and experiencing the pandemic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's where it's just, like, what's going on? Is this yeah, a disease? On, a, on an individual level, you're experiencing what's happening, you know, in your personal experience. And then you're also, you know, trying to reach out and find out what is the shared experience of what is going on. How far is this affecting things? How far does this go? Like even, you know, Emma rushing to Cerebra to find out what's going on is just all of us rushing to Twitter to wonder like, is this happening? What's going yeah. on? The, um, the the bummer part too was like Peter Parker waking up, knowing what he saw, seeing yeah. the version of his life that would have been made him happy and like waking up and like, he's still happy, but he's, yeah. it's not as happy. And it's like, it's like he kind of like cheated on MJ a little bit, but like, yeah. it, it, but not by his own choice. So like, no. God Spider-Man's outside of Wanda, the most tragic character in all of this stuff. Oh man, don't even don't even uh, Google uh, one day more um, or one more day. Uh, don't don't. It was it's it was it's one of the most hated uh, stories ever, but it involves uh, the end of Spider-Man's marriage with MJ. Oh, is it as a result of House of M? 
No. It was as a, I'll, it's as a result of a deal he had to make with Mephisto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, I will say, the comic itself is wonderfully tragic and sad. You want to read something just that'll make you cry? Like, it made me cry, but it also is, like, one of this, the most hated changes ever um it's kind of like a, if you got if you love her you gotta let her go situation kind of thing um it's uh i'll do this for you if you'll do this for me um with him and mephisto yeah i hate that um, that's yeah, also a bit, like a little bit of a monkey's paw kind of thing it's always like those situations and i don't like them but i understand the necessity in them they have to create um drama sure and it's like we can't have this character be completely happy let's introduce some twisted the knife and yeah uh, yeah sailor moon did something similar where they wiped a person's memory and then like i I hate i hate it i hate i hate you know what blaine i'm proud of you was that only it took an hour and 40 minutes for you to bring up sailor moon that i would have expected sailor moon being brought up like within the first half hour i love sailor moon (laughs) um but yeah anyways why so like i'm assuming man this this last issue had me reeling and I'm still like trying to collect my thoughts on it because a lot of the people are showing back up in this, uh, I guess earth prime. Is this what, what, which earth is this? Six earth, six, one, six, six, one, six. So they're coming back to six, one, six, knowing what they know from house of M. Some of the people are, I guess, unaffected by the no more mutants thing because they were under the protection of Dr. Strange. And I guess Emma, she also was like throwing up some sort of, barrier yeah it, it either the barrier was what th- what helped them all retain their knowledge of what happened prior it's why like um like sam wilson wasn't there and so that's why he doesn't remember that's why the the yellowed uh dressed guy next to spider woman who's in her red kind of uh unitard thing leotard thing that sentry he wasn't there and so he doesn't remember what was going on but anybody that was there you know, was around Emma and Strange it retains information. But the mutants that lose their powers was just a, you know, a planet-wide event that happened to everybody. But the number actually turned out to be 198 mutants were left. That was it. Oh, really? Yeah. In fact, they called it like the one, the, like the event that happened after this that was in the X-Men comics, they called it the 198 because it was just the story of the last 198 mutants. And not only was it, all the mutants are gone, but the mutant gene, the 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 thing that you know is born into people, is gone as well. So no more new mutants were being made either for years and years. Man, um, I bet that called, must have been aggravating for an X Men fan. Yeah, they called this the decimation event, and while like I understand it to one degree of like, um, you know, you say it yourself, you got to cause drama, you have to cause conflict. Um, the X-Men, you know, the mutants were in the comics were like at a population of like back to like a a million, you know, mutants. And part of their design is that they are always the minority group. They are the story of the minority group. Mm -hmm. And so if they become the not, if they're no longer the minority group, what are they? So you got to deal with that. This was to a degree that did upset a lot of people where it was like, you you got rid of not only how many mutants, but uh, they're not making any more. And a bunch of them that I like right now, you took away their powers. Like, yeah, what? That would be very upsetting. Also, decimation event would be a misnomer because decimation is like you take a tenth away. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it, sure. Sure. I'm sure that's how that word works. Actually, John. Uh... Um, but, you know, it, it 
I I still love House of M because and I even love this ending. Even the fact that like it ushered in a terrible era of X-Men comics. <laughs> um I it was it was it was it was good stakes, you know? It was oh, yeah. it was like it, it it even like turned Scarlet Witch. This whole event turned her into like a real character, a real contender, a real interesting character who had been I think floundering for you know, uh, motivation and substance for years now. And, and my opinion is house of N like made Scarlet, Witch an interesting character. Yeah. Um, it, and then it also like, it started even other stuff like that panel of Wolverine remembering everything. Like we live in an era now where Wolverine know, like it's been years where Wolverine knows his past, but like, this is 2005. This is when Wolverine still doesn't know his past. We don't know Wolverine's real name. He doesn't have, you know, his memories. And this is the beginning of him actually learning his origin story, actually learning his name is James and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure that unlocked like a lot of cool stories and things like that. I, but also, I guess the audience is privy to a lot of his information in the Weapon X program. Did after this, did that cause more of Wolverine's backstory to be revealed to the general public? Or was it just the character now knows his story? little bit of column a a little bit of column b um the it definitely was a big part of he just knows his story now and now finally like knows his history remembers things but also this did um this this kind of gave opportunity for more exploration into the weapon x program the actually the weapon m program um and uh weapon m is that what it was i can't remember actually now but he was he is weapon x um and that that the Weapon X program has and continued to be a big part of the X Men story, and this did contribute to that. Mm. Um, so a little bit of yes. Um, I don't but, understand why he's in his X Men pants in a white shirt that he wasn't wearing in the other one. I guess is this his six? What is it? Six one six. Is that well? Even Emma's back in her white her white costume. Oh and, sure, sure. And Doctor Strange is is in his costume, even though he looks a bit. Uh, worse for wear. yeah um so yeah i mean she rewrote the reality and gave everybody back their their clothes you, they weren't going to be like wearing their like agents of shield uniforms or anything like that sure there's just so many there's so many like again i'm trying to keep track of like who retains their memories like also what heck like iron man i guess wasn't there at the house of magnus like event fight thing that no, he was recall. okay maybe i just he was just a small part of it then um yeah he he was there he was one of the people that they woke up um and and, and in that montage yeah, right in the montage yeah 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 he was there um but yeah so this was the last issue the revelation of like all the x-men like are are you know all the mutants are gone they go and try to like have a talk with magneto who has lost his powers which is crazy yeah um and oh yeah and they even have like there's the revelation that uh hawkeye supposedly is also alive now in this reality like she gave that one little gift to him that he gets to actually exist um yeah, what mansion so, is this that they're going to that's the fight? avengers mansion oh, yeah. okay okay everybody's got their mansion the yeah, x mansion the avengers mansion you know everybody's got mansions. I, I lose track yeah, it's hard to tell. Um, yeah, that's the because that and that's why it's blowed up is because that's what happened during Avengers Disassembled. Is got uh, it? That it all got it all got exploded. Um, but they leave Magneto with the memory of what that he is like. Honestly, this the cause for all of this. Um, Wanda is kind of just living her life, her Red Riding Hood life. You know, 
um, clearly happily unaware of what happened. Um, and then they pan out and, and allude to this, like, you know, energy, it doesn't just disappear. It's got to go somewhere and there's a little flash of some light in the uh, outer space next to Earth. Yeah, what was going on with that? Well, that would later on be resolved. Um, that actually is the collective energy of all the mutants that were depowered, and it got it turned into some sort of like um, villain that was called the Collective. Um, yeah, because this, this ends with like a news story, and it's, I think Hank Pym is talking about the implications of this giant event, and it's like, yeah, it's like Newton's third law: all that matter has to go somewhere. So yeah. that's or all that energy and. and so it turns into a villain then? <laughs> it turns into like this like crazy being, a little okay. bit of an overwhelmed being called the collective. Um but with all that said, that's that's the end of uh of House of M, but I, I would love to hear your thoughts on the story as a whole. I mean, I enjoy the heck out of it. I, I like crossover events, like uh like I said earlier, the last time I was drawn into the Marvel comics and stuff was during Civil War, which was another huge game changing Yeah crossover event and, and i don't know if that i'm gonna go like tracking down all the individual side stories because it is so much to keep up with but like i think that i might go through and just kind of peruse some of the other big events based on your recommendations because i mean i'm i don't know I, I feel like everyone has a base knowledge of all these characters and, and kind of like who they are and it's just I, I just love seeing them interact especially when it's like it's like you just you're throwing your toy box down on the ground and then your <laughs> you, your Wolverine is hanging out with your Captain America toy and it's like this is so cool, um, and it also makes me long for a better Marvel Cinematic Universe. Not that they're totally flubbing right now, but I feel like we're entering in a slow period, and I'm just like this this comic just makes me so excited to see X Men back on the big screen. Yeah, like I. You've you want to see Magneto me. talk to Captain America. You've cursed me with knowledge, John. <laughs> like now I'm just like rethinking about all the X-Men and, and how they could do it. And, uh, and I hope they do him justice, but, uh, no, I loved it. It was, it was, it was a lot of fun. So what I'm hearing is that my, my goal of trying to trick people into enjoying X-Men comics is a success. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, Give me, give me, uh, have me back on. Give me more, give me more Wolverine. Give me more, give me more Colossus. I, we are, I'm going to have you back on, um, maybe sooner than later because I, um, the original story I wanted to go over with you was, um, the real origins of Wolverine's involvement in the Weapon X program and the creation of one of my characters ever, this, uh, this mutant named Phantom X. Love it. Um, and I think you will have so much fun with it, um, and we will get to that soon. But I'm so glad it sounds like you liked House of M. I'm so glad it sounds like you actually followed it pretty easily without any prior you know, reading knowledge of these characters. So can be a jump in point, um, especially with the help of this podcast, if you listen to it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, I can't wait to trick you into reading some more X-Men comics. It's one of there, my favorite things to do with my friends now. There will be no trickery. You're not going to be pulling on any, any Emma Frost's or, or <laughs> Xavier's wiping my mind. No, I'll do it willfully. This is, this is a lot of fun. I appreciate letting you let me on. Well, cool. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you all for listening to another fun episode. Hope it was a fun episode. I'm going to say it's a fun episode. It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. It was a fun episode. Um, and I hope to see you guys next time. Bye. Excelsior. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
I thought that's how you ended this uh, the show. Yup. <laughs> <laughs>